Hey, another week has passed. We're starting to get up in numbers. I'm not even counting them anymore. But I just wanted to talk to you about some uh, some things relative to life. We live in a, a tension as Christians on this earth. And uh, on the one hand, God has abundantly blessed us uh, with uh, inhabitants, uh, creatures, land, oxygen, sea, mountains, deserts, uh, family, uh, and, and, and just an abundant of, of things that uh, we have access to, which makes life uh, fulfilling and good. And I suggest that these things are for the taking and that God has provided all of it for human beings to enjoy. On the other hand, we have that simultaneous confrontation of Jesus saying, my kingdom's not of this world, and that there dwells no good thing in our flesh, and that we should build up treasures in heaven. So we have this this rub that we face as Christians. How much of this world is too much? How much of the uh, heavenly world is not enough? And we, we, we constantly are trying to figure out how to live. Um, what is the balance if there is one? And how do we navigate the fact that our feet, our feet of clay in flesh standing on terra firma and facing this, all these different things that God has given us, uh, uh, blessings and, and material demands, and, and, but we also have our heads in the clouds that are seeking him. I would suggest the following considerations for you to uh, think about and decide on how to live as a believer in this world. That, that is, is a, a really important concept to the faith today. How do I live? And we have people who have become monastic and they go hide up in the hills and they don't engage with people. And then we have people who have just been fully of this world. How do we balance it? In doing so, I would suggest you consider these four things. I'm sure there are more, but just consider these four things. Number one, it's important for believers to see a difference between creation and the creator. Number two, the real, there is real purpose in God surrounding us in this material world and uh, relative to the kingdom above. There's a relationship between life here and the kingdom there. And we can't forget that. Number three, everything then becomes a matter of prioritization rather than standing alone on asceticism and complete, uh, you know, abject poverty and not engaging in the things of this world and and or extreme metaphysical focus and that finally some people are so heavenly minded they're no earthly good and some people are so earthly minded they have God's will is never considered I just want to talk to you about those four points for today's weekly message for you to think about And first, it's important to see the difference between the creator and creation. Yes, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. And all of creation from the macro to the subatomic micro uh, levels 
uh, ought to lead us believers to worshiping and thinking of him, not worshiping the creations. I get heartbroken. Uh, I watch uh, some reality TV sometimes, and I get heartbroken watching uh, people explore the wonders of nature and uh, all the while ignoring the architect. They just, they just don't give any kind of nod to the one who created everything. They somehow believe that giant redwoods came about on their own. And I get irritated watching people catch fish on these reality shows and then like hold the fish up and say, thank you fish for giving your life to me so that I may live, you know? Not realizing that somebody created that fish and the fish really didn't sacrifice its life for the person. That person caught and killed the fish, you know? And, and so I'm also ashamed when masses of people push living off the land and thriving in its beauty and they refer to it as mother or they say, uh, the universe is, is blessing me so much. They will give credit to anything, the universe, to nature, to whatever, except God. They will not include him in their mind. And so the first point I want to reiterate among believers is that we always give credit to where credit is due, and that's to the creator, not to the creations. And that will go a long way in helping us as we navigate through being physical, material beings, uh, spiritual beings in a physical, material world. Secondly, there is real purpose. There is a purpose that God has put us in this material world to thrive and live. And I think it's important to recognize the continuing reality that exists on earth and started way back in the garden scene. God made human beings out of the clay. He made Adam out of the mud, the dirt, and he breathed into his body and he became a living soul. There is a correlation between the spirit of God and the material world in which we live and these bodies that we live in. Now, yes, the scripture talks about the flesh not having any real value. That's relative to the eternal spectrum. But these are the automobiles that we move around in here. This is what we exist in, in that soul that we are, that mind, will, and emotion that we became. And God purposely has that set up so there's this place from which human beings can choose to serve and love him or not. You see, if he just created angelic beings, the choice would be different. There's still a choice, apparently, as Satan apparently turned from God as a spirit. But with human beings, there's something that comes into play with us being materially housed while we walk about as mind, will, and emotion, and that is faith. Here in these bodies, we are constantly trying to decide, do we place our faith on that which is immaterial, trusting in the immaterial promises of that being, or do we look to the material and let it 
give us our solace and give us our hope. And, 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 and so people who are ultimate materialists, who have no time or inclination for God, they believe that everything can be found in this material body and its surroundings through sex, drugs, rock and roll, food, pleasure, vacations, creation, right? It's completely material. They're materialists, right? And But the metaphysical people or people who look to the spirit, they say, I'm choosing to see something outside of this material place God has put us in. And I want to know what is not there, what I can't see. And that allows us for faith. And it is by faith that we please him. So the corollary between God putting us in material flesh and allowing us to thrive here as his creations made in his image is in this place we are all in a position to decide to walk by faith or not. It's fascinating because in my flesh when I get tired and weak I, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll. When I get uh, impatient, I want to react to physical violence. When all those things. And so it's this testing ground. It's like a testing ground, so to speak. And, you know, there's different views on how much this place is the testing ground. But God gave us life. And he said, your life is going to be housed here. You decide how to live. And there is the relationship between the material uh, world in which we live. The fact of the matter remains that we began as material beings uh, housed in uh, material earth. And that's not the case for angels. and uh, Or the word of God that was made flesh called Jesus of Nazareth. His beginnings began as the word, the logos of God himself. So we got our legs in a created earth and it's matter. And because of this, we're forever destined to relating to the living God from these material bodies that uh, as long as we stand upright, that is the, the relationship in which we exist. And that has to be brought into um, the um, assessment of human life. It's a combination of material existence met with the choice to pursue to pursue spiritual growth and knowledge. And many people say, I just don't see any value in it. They just are devoid of any spiritual inclination at all. And, and so hence we have the test. Uh, so there must be tremendous meaning. And we kind of overlook that in the Christian faith. Tremendous meaning and purpose to our being, being products of uh, living in and surrounded by materialism. There, there is great, great God-ordained, purposeful meaning in that. So while I often, when teaching metaphysical truths that go on eternally, dismiss the material, that's part and parcel of all the stuff we've developed, uh, don't mistake me, there is a purpose for this life. And the, the reason that the scripture talks about the treasures in heaven and build up that and focus there and don't rely on the flesh is it's trying to encourage us to make good choices on how we choose to live. You know, am I going to focus on what my physical 
needs and wants and desires are more money, more houses, more vacations, more this, more that? Or am I going to look to him who is invisible and walk by faith? You see, and there is the rub. So very important stuff. Our final destination, obviously, is immateriality, and, and, uh, and that's also ignored. See, materialists here believe that we're going to have a material resurrection, and we're going to continue on into these material existences. But that isn't what the scripture describes. Our destination is ultimately spiritual, and that lends to our idea that we would focus more on building up the spiritual rather than the material. But along the way, we can't forget that God appears to want us to first exist in this fleshly environment and surrounded by material invitations and opportunities and choosing this day whom we will serve, ourselves in flesh or the invisible God and and what he's established. We might try uh, in our minds to believe that Uh, This life is all about perfecting our performance while wrapped in materiality and as a means to rise up in the resurrection, having had victory over this flesh and our flesh being glorified. uh, Perhaps there is some truth in the thought that as we learn to govern our own bodies, we will be given more to govern in the hereafter, a thought many people cling to in this life. Or Perhaps it's less pragmatic and all the mortal realm serves to do in this life is to give us an opportunity to choose faith or flesh. Maybe it's simply that or not, which in the end means that all souls show their love and allegiance to God in this life or not. Maybe that's just the test. You know, maybe that's what he's looking to see. I believe being created in his image, you have free will and I have free will. And in these bodies, we are free to worship what we want, who we want, and why. It's the same picture of Adam and Eve. You can eat of that tree or you can eat of all the others I've given you, but don't eat of that one. They chose the one. And that's all of us doing the same thing in this realm. If God is a spirit and we seek to relate to him in spirit and truth, It seems that the flesh serves as sort of our forbidden tree. And it's like, uh, are we going to go after that instead of what God is in a spiritual realm? And that leads us to the third point to consider. Everything then in this life is a matter of prioritization. Rather than saying, I'm going to be extremely ascetic and I'm going to fast and self-flagellate and be monastic and not relate to men or women, and I'm I'm going to be celibate, I'm going to just really mortify my flesh, Uh, uh, or being a glutton and an addict and going after the flesh completely, it seems that in the faith, God wants us to learn to manage, to manage the place that we're in, reasonably, to enjoy the foods he's given us and enjoy the fun and the waves and the snow and the the beautiful scenery, to enjoy each other's company and bodies, you know, and all the stuff that comes along with that while keeping him at the top of the uh, prioritization. Therein is the key. I used to think more ascetically that 
that you had to be an ascetic to, to uh, please him truly. And the Essenes did that during Jesus' day. Jesus wasn't an Essene. And so we know that there is this balancing in this choice. So instead of going to the polar ex- polarized extremes of activity, I think God is like, listen, this life in your flesh, this is it. You, you know, this is what you have if you like the fleshly realm. Enjoy it. I've given you everything you want. My son has paid for the ways you're going to abuse that. And my son is taking care of all that sin, right? But if you want relationship with me, try to focus while you're in the flesh, balancing family, friends, and activities to put me at the top of your priority. To make sure that all the decisions you make relative to everything below me is in harmony with what I would want. In harmony with me being at the top of the heap and you looking to me and saying, how should I live? That seems to be uh, the, the balance that we're looking for. So just like in Jesus' life, remember he was the son of man, he came and he went to parties. And they, they said that he was a wine bibber and they said he was a glutton because he ate freely and he drank freely. He's the son of man. So on that side of Jesus' life, we have life and we have living. And, and, and through him, God shows, I want you to live, right? Uh, but at the same time, we had someone who put God's will at the top of the heap. And in the end, that meant that Jesus sacrificed his will in love. It had nothing to do with abstaining from wine or abstaining from foods or being in the scene and an ascetic. It had to do with him letting God govern the way he would live. And that's the whole key behind it. Are you, in the way you live and walk, allowing God to govern the way you live? And that is very personal. And that's very subjective. Why? Because he created you uniquely. He made you someone who is a one of a kind. One of a kind. And he embodied you with all sorts of traits and characteristics that are okay in this flesh. That's all right. He, he, he's made you this way to, to, to do what you do. When I was younger and I was uh, LDS, I used to fret that I was so corrupt in my mind and brain because I like punk music, all right? And I would look at the other LDS kids around me and I'd see that, that they didn't like that, that, that they liked country music or they liked disco or they liked these other forms. And I thought, God, I'm just a bad person because I like punk and punk is so much harder and edgier. And then as, I, as I've matured and I've known people who continued on loving their musical forms and I've gotten to know them personally and I've seen that in many people who love really simple good country music, they can be corrupt in their minds and hearts toward their fellow man. And, and I began to see that it has nothing to do with the external ways we relate to the world. It has to do with the heart and the mind. And so just because someone externally is, relates to certain things in this world, it has no bearing on what's inside. And I used to think that it did. So if you're made to be a cowboy, be a cowboy. If you're made to be a mother, be a mother. 
If you're made to never marry and not have children and enjoy the nightlife of big cities, do it. It's not about that. It's about what is your priority? What governs you while you're dancing in the discos in New York City at three in the morning? And if it's God, you live with it and you be who you were made to be. I think that's lost in, in this friction that we're trying to understand about living in this world. And God, of course, his priorities are to believe on his son and to love. So you know what those priorities are. You may not be like me at all in this world. And religion wants us to all be the same, right? We, and my, my point is we are not alike and we are different. But to embrace each other's differences, let each other live and let each other go before their God as they were made and as they want to live and let God deal with the outcome. So um, in, in, as a result of that, I just want to say that I personally uh, don't care in my Christian walk about people elevating things in this life. I don't care about people who take elements of this world and make it their identity, all right? And, and so as a Christian, my identity is in Christ. It's not in anything else. So this is just me. I don't give a damn about race. I don't care if you're black, yellow, red, white, green. I don't care what your race is. I don't care what your culture is. I don't care that, that what my culture has been. Welsh, Irish, American Indian, who cares? My identity is not in this flesh. Now, that's a decision you have to make too. If your identity as a follower of Christ is here and it's strong and God made you that way, then have at it and be someone who's proud of your race and your culture and your gender. You have that right. But me personally, I think it's a step down to identify with what we are in the flesh. I'm female. I'm male. I don't care. I don't care that I'm male. It plays, it, I, I, I'm not really proud of being male, and I don't think a woman should be proud of being female. That's how you're born. That's how God made you. Be proud in, in what God made you. So I don't care about ageism. Your culture is irrelevant to me. The fact that you come from uh, this place or that place it's, it doesn't matter to me. I want to relate to people in how they have faith and relate to the living God and do they love. That's their identity. So I won't give allegiance to country of origin. I won't give allegiance to people's disabilities, you know, because we all have them in, in certain ways. Some people's are more extreme, but that is something between them and God. So I don't see somebody who's mentally defective as lesser than me or superior to me. They don't deserve something more, except maybe more patience and kindness and love, but they don't get a special identity. Their identity is either in Christ or it's not. If it's of this world, they can have that. I just don't relate to it. So political parties, you know, the fact that you're a conservative or a, or a radical, I, I don't care. And I'm just trying to suggest that that's a better way to go. I've lived through the other ways. I've tested them. I tried to be a, a you know a raving uh, liberal, and I tried to be a conservative-thinking uh, capitalist, uh, 
I've tried those, those identities, but they are short-lived. And it, it puts you in this insular group. But if you allow yourself to identify only as uh, uh, his, you then can relate to all people of every culture, every gender, every, all these ever, other things, right? So special interests, not part of uh, the import from my perspective. And I know that's not very popular. So if someone's a white heterosexual German male from a Nazi party who likes to play backgammon, or if someone is a lesbian woman of color in a wheelchair, I don't care about any of those. I care about Christ. And then finally, the last one is some souls are so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. And some souls are so earth focused, they never stop to appreciate and consider God's point of view. From what I can tell, all of life is a series of decisions, choices. It seems that that's why we're here. It seems like we are here, given life, to decide, to make choices. And we become the sum of the choices made. And so we're constantly making them in the physical realm and we're making them in the spiritual realm. Do we give all of our allegiance to him? Some, little, none. Do we give all of our allegiance to the flesh? Some, little, none. What happens as a result of those choices we're constantly making? And when we take our last breath, it seems like that will be the end decision. Who are you? What have you become through your choices, through the things you decided to do with the time that you have here? I believe God loves all of us. I believe that because of Jesus, he intimately knows the difficulties of being in these bodies on this earth, facing the troubles that we have. I believe that we relate to him through his son who understands all these things. And we are making choices. My prayer is that your mind is trying to make choices that will build up the being that goes on past here. But that you're not so heavenly minded that you don't have any love and use for people here. That's, that's, a, that's no value, you know, that God didn't make it that way. And that you're not so earthly minded that you don't that you have absolutely no allegiance or interest in following and pleasing the God there. That's this balance that we face. It's not easy, but I thought those four things might assist us as we consider uh, life in this realm and being better Christians. Love you.